0: Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. I have a really special interview for you, and I hesitate to say this because I don't want to take anything away from the more than 100 other interviews I've done before this with successful, inspiring people in the world of talent development, but this one might be my favorite that I've done so far, and there's a couple reasons for that. But first, let me introduce you to the woman I'm interviewing. Uh, Her name is Claude Silver. And Claude calls herself an emotional optimist, a coach, a manager, and a mentor. And most importantly, she is the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia, and VaynerMedia is an advertising and marketing company in New York City. Actually, they're global, but their headquarters in New York City, and she reports directly to Gary Vaynerchuk, who is the CEO and founder of VaynerMedia. If you haven't heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, who's uh, most like often known as Gary V, he is an absolute sensation on social media. He's an entrepreneur. He started many companies. He's involved in a lot of things. He's a big time speaker. And uh, he's someone that I follow closely and really enjoy and have been inspired by. I mean, he has truly changed my life and my career with all of his teachings and his videos and messages that he shares on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. I mean, he is actually everywhere and he's someone that I try to follow and learn from. And so it was really cool to connect with Claude, partly because she gets to work directly with Gary and has such a close relationship with him. Um, But also as I dug into all the things that she has done and accomplished and her philosophy on things, and I realized how aligned we were on stuff, and I loved her passion for what she does, and I couldn't wait to share it. And I actually was so excited about this interview that I asked her if I could come meet her and do it in person uh, because most of my interviews I conduct uh, over Zoom. And so I went to New York City. I had another meeting up there earlier that day, I actually gave a keynote speech uh, presentation at a company up in uh, White Plains, north of the city. And then uh, facilitated a panel of executives and then hustled down into the city and went to VaynerMedia and did this interview in person with Claude. And it was well worth it uh, to meet her in person, see the office, and you'll hear me talk about that in the interview. But let me just give you a taste of what we talk about because I know I'm running long here. We talk about how she ended up at VaynerMedia, uh, all the things she's done in her past. We talk about uh, her mission to put the human back in HR, uh, in human resources. We talk about the business of people. We talk a lot about empathy and culture and the uh, the empathetic culture they're creating. We talk about the role of HR as a coach. We talk about the employee experience. We talk a lot about self-awareness, which is really big at VaynerMedia. We talk about bravery and culture. We talk about the idea of people over profit. We talk about uh, hierarchies and authority. We talk about why you should hire someone as a culture addition and not a culture fit, which she's big on. We talk about the stay interview, which I mentioned in a solo episode recently. We talk about manager development. We talk about her biggest accomplishment. She vulnerably shares a failure that she had that was um, you know, something she still regrets to this day, and it's HR related. And we talk about the trend that she's following now, as well as her advice Uh, We talk about so many things in this interview. I'm actually going to break it up into two parts. So this is going to be part one. You're going to hear me interviewing Claude in person at her office. So the audio may not be quite as good as uh, it normally is for my other podcast interviews, but I um, am trusting my editor, uh, Dave, to clean this up. And I know that it's going to be something that you enjoy and are inspired by. And I'd love to hear your thoughts after you listen to it. So without further ado, here is part one of my interview with Claude Silver. Well, I'm here with Claude Silver, who is the Chief Heart Officer of Vayner Media here in New York. And of course, Vayner Media is uh, one of many companies run by Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, uh, probably the biggest and most famous company he has. And I don't know how many of my listeners follow Gary V, but he's got a huge following on social media, I think over 6 million on Instagram and many other places. And I've been a fan for a long time. And um, I've been checking out a lot of stuff that you've been doing, Claude, and it's just I'm so amazed and so excited to have you on. So thank you for uh, agreeing to this interview.
1: Yeah, thanks, Andy. It's great to be here. Hello to your audience.
0: Yeah, and this is a rare, uh, you know, for people listening, I don't know if you can tell the difference, but normal. I do most of my interviews over Zoom, you know, but uh, this is one where I just felt like I really wanted to connect with you and I had a trip planned to New York. So here we are sitting in your cool office overlooking Hudson Yards in New York City uh, with the, the High Line and all kinds of cool stuff out the window. And you've been here for five years now?
1: Yeah, I've been at Vayner for five and a half years, and we've been in this building for three years.
0: Okay, and how big is VaynerMedia?
1: VaynerMedia is about 600, 650, and then we have X, which is our umbrella company, hmm. really our holding company, uh, and that takes us to about 805, 850, depends on the day. Okay. Depends on the week. Yeah. Uh, but that encompasses, oh God, yeah, Gallery Media Group, and Vayner Sports and the Sasha Group, and Yeah, but VaynerMedia itself is about six hundred and
0: fifty. Yeah, so I'd love to start with a little bit of your background and how you got here because I know you have an interesting story uh, with a lot of twists and turns, (laughs) and it's it's not traditional.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: But a lot of people have different stories, so tell me a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. My story is definitely not traditional, and it's one that I've come to really appreciate. I can say in I'd say the last fifteen years. I was studying to be a psychotherapist a, a zillion years ago, mm. and I was in San Francisco, and I was working at a very small little market called Harvest Market. This is pre-Whole Foods and yeah. Dean and DeLuca and all that stuff. Yeah. And I had this repeat customer keep, he came in, and he said, you surf, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, you snowboard? Yeah. And he said, I'm I'm starting an internet.com company. This is 1997 at that point. Wow. And I think you'd be a really good project manager. And I was like, what's that? I happened to have managed the store. And uh, away I went, down to Palo Alto. And I started i started in the dark arts of digital and never left. I mean, I'm still in it. Yeah. And uh, was so I did a lot of startups there in SF. That was the dot-com boom. And then the dot-com bust came. And at that point, I had been laid off twice, I think, from different busts. Yeah. And I started an outdoor adventure company with my friend, which was a surfing, rock climbing, mm. mountaineering, uh, mountain biking company. And so I taught surfing in Pacifica and Santa Cruz for about 260 days a year and had that really killer tan, oh, like neck up, sounds
0: like a great life.
1: wrist down. Yeah, And it was awesome. We created it from scratch. We uh, created the content, hired the instructors, made partnerships with um, Billabong and, and Quicksilver and... And then eventually we sold it and I went back into what I knew, which was digital. And, and that's when I started my career in agencies, in advertising agencies. So that's about 2005, 2006.
0: Yeah. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world and things are changing so fast It's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks and on to the episode. And what was it like working in in um, Palo Alto in 97, 98? I mean, this is the height of the dot-com. People are starting to, things are blowing up, but I know it's nothing like it is now.
1: Yeah, nothing like it is now, but it was still pretty amazing when you had a ping-pong table at work. Yeah. Like, that was never anything that I could have fathomed. Or, um, you know, foosball, or you had these huge parties where, you know, they brought in, like, Cirque du Soleil. I mean, it was wild times, mm. and... And for someone that was you know, studying to be a psychotherapist and I wanted to deal with people and their problems and their openings and whatnot, to be in this world was absolute Disneyland for me. Mm. And it was just like nothing I could have ever pictured I would be in. And I had no business really being in the world of Communications and, and content and all of that stuff because I didn't study it, but it was really right place, right time.
0: Yeah, but also that was a great place for people to jump into all kinds of careers that they didn't really study for, right? Because people were doing everything.
1: Yeah, it was the it was the wild, wild, wild west. Mm. I mean, I know we're in the wild west now when yeah. it comes to other t- types of content, but that was like, you know, we had just gotten out of modemville and into right. into you know
0: yeah AOL Dialogue. AOL and you got mail and-
1: Netscape and you know i i was it was just crazy time so uh, anyway I, I went back i went to advertising agencies and then one thing led to another and i found my way to a, a very big global agency called jwt in san francisco and i was really kind of the digital expert at that time and they transferred me to London, and it was really wild. One day, it was was—it was a year in, and one day I got a, a phone call from a very posh-sounding man on the other side of the phone, and he said, basically, "I, I hear we need someone with your skill sets." And within a split second, I had that decision to make whether or not I was going to be a small person or I was going to be a big person. What and do you mean I, by that? so I could have said, like, well, w- "What skill sets do you mean?" Mm. And instead. I said, "Okay, tell me more," and really took up space, which so is something into I it and, yeah and owned it. Yeah, it was. I pretended I was confident.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I had four days to decide if I was going to go. And by that time, I had been in San Francisco for eighteen years, mm. and San Francisco I love, and it had become very small. And I moved. I moved across the pond. And I was at JWT for two years, and then I was at Publicist London as head of strategy there, digital strategy, mm. for two years. And when I was at Publicist, it's actually when I met Gary yeah. in August of 2013. My best friend introduced us, and I had been following him since 2009, since Crush It came out.
0: Yeah, his first book.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, I you know was like, who is this guy? He's a truth teller, mm-hmm. you know. And it was wild. We had a maybe a three-minute phone call. He was boarding a plane, and I was pacing my floor back in London, yeah. pacing up and down. Yeah, because open. you've been
0: following him, so this is a, already kind it's of a big deal to you. Yeah. yeah,
1: big deal. And then a month later, I came, and I met him. I came to New York, and I met him. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we're family. Oh, hmm. yeah, that's my brother. Yeah. My sister, you know, and it just was clicked. very, very, yeah. It was so um, It just, like, symbiotic. It just made sense. And... And then eventually I got a job offer and and then moved to New York.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a few years ago. And you came in as the chief heart officer. And I'm Actually, curious about no. that. Oh, Andy, no. I didn't. know. Okay. sorry to
1: interrupt you. Oh, I, I was hired as his first SVP. Okay. So I had come straight from strategy. Yeah. And, you know, being very client-facing and running
0: right. uh, very large. That's what large, I was going to ask you about.
1: Yeah, very large um, P&G accounts and, and, you know, had done my share of oil and gas and Vicks and you know, anything you want to buy in Walgreens, I basically touched except for uh, dog food and huh. a couple of other things. Yeah, And so I started as his first senior vice president. I was a female, which was awesome for the company where we I was employee 389. And I ran the Unilever account, mm. which was uh, pretty sizable then. It was Dove. Yeah. And then I also ran the Mondelez account where we had, you know, Chips Ahoy and Nella Wafers and all that. And yeah. On my year of anniversary, so anniversary, yeah, anniversary. Yeah, first year, and you've yeah. basically been
0: a very senior account manager at that point. Mm-hmm. So I need someone to run my biggest accounts. You've got yeah. a lot of advertising strategy, digital. Experience. Exactly. Let's come do that. Okay.
1: Yeah, and and basically I was older, yeah. you know, than than a lot of the folks here. Yeah, are. it's a very
0: young company.
1: Yeah, and I um, I had really created a mini agency within the agency. Mm-hmm. I had about fifty people, and we had just a marvelous time in our. We did exceptional work. We did hard work. And in our team meetings, I used to have people read poetry and do a lot lot of like avant-garde things because that's kind of where my head is. So on my year anniversary, I went to him and I said, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity. I I love it. You're the best, whatever. And I'm really done selling, though. I'm not Mm. interested in the art of advertising anymore. And I had done it for a long time. And I had had that voice in my head saying I was done a while ago. And he said, Cool, what is it that you want to do? And I said, I only care about the heartbeat of this place. I only care about people. Mm, yeah. And he said, Cool, I need you to do this for 18 more months. And I said, No, nope, mm. I'll give you six. And I found I found a backfill who's still here and just kicking butt. Yeah. And I ended up resigning. And then four months later, almost to the day we had breakfast, and he said, That's it, you're coming back as chief heart officer. And wow. I knew what that was because I've always been this type of person. Yeah. Very much a mentor, player, coach, you know. Yeah. Um, let me help you. And I had been that person here already at the company, being, mm. you know, an, an elder and a guide. And, yeah. And I said, you know, great. How do we know if I'm successful? And his magic words, which still to this day are the only job description I've ever gotten, which is you'll touch every single employee and infuse the agency with empathy. Mm. Empathy is so, a big word for him. Empathy is a big, big word. So let's see, I've been doing this job for three and a half years then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now did he, I'm curious about the title of chief heart officer, something he came up with or something you came up with?
1: Well, when I had, when I had originally left, when I said, you know, I only care about the heartbeat of this place. Yeah he actually said something to the effect of well, we're going to write the book called the heart empire something like that
0: yeah
1: um, but Is he he's the a business
0: based on heart yeah
1: based on heart he and i had always spoken about the world of hr as heart mm-hmm. at that point we didn't really have hr and so when i so he he came up with the title mm-hmm. and we really based it on his personality my personality scaling him as mm-hmm. the job and creating and cultivating this culture day in and day out, no matter what comes my way, and really yeah. assisting people and guiding people to be their best selves, I believe, inside and outside of work. So yeah. it's amazing. I love it. It's an honor. No day, no hour is the same. And I love
0: working for him. And yeah. I love
1: working for him, you
0: know. Yeah. yeah, That's that's fantastic. Yeah. So you come back in this role as is- uh, chief Heart Officer, yeah, and you you're obviously both very aligned on what that means. yeah, it sounds like it is in the realm of H r and maybe a different. So I'm curious how you see it compared to maybe a traditional chief Hr officer. and I've also heard you say that you want to put the human back in human resources. So yeah, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so the role really is to oversee all of HR. Now, mm-hmm. at this point, I've hired. Wonderfully skilled HR practitioners yep. who can do the the actual craft of HR. They've been doing it for years, which is which is great because I actually had to learn quite a bit yeah. about compliance and and labor laws. And, yeah, because this is not
0: your background. Ah. You studied psychology, yeah. but you didn't have an HR background.
1: No, I I wouldn't have known really. Intuitively, I could I could tell you what to do, but it's not by the by right. the law by the book. Yeah. So that's great. I have a, a wonderful team and a SVP named Jen Russo that really looks up, looks after the HR. And for me, you know, I had always been told that I was an HR person's dream because I don't cause problems. Yeah. And I always thought that was really interesting, meaning, so HR is only there to defend, solve,
0: right. solve problems, put out fires,
1: to solve problems, to put out fires. Don't they're not out. on the offense. They're not, hmm. they're, they're just on the protection side. And the way I see this role is very much as a, as hospitality. Mm -hmm. as though we're in the service of and that comes from my my love and my passion of servant leadership and how I was raised for sure that's the first thing but but also we're in the business of people and if you you use the term human resources I don't even know I couldn't even tell you what that meant you know humans as resources well that seems very transactional to me and functional Rather than humans as heartbeats, as actual human beings that have a life before they come in here at 9 a.m. And that's so when when we talk about putting the human back into human resources, it's really it's identifying and nurturing and respecting the whole human, not just the one that comes here and creates for us all day long.
0: Yeah, you talk about respecting the whole human and I think there's there's definitely a movement around this. You know, I've done some interviews with people who are with bigger, more progressive companies talking about diversity and inclusion and, and you know, connect with the whole human. There's always been in the past, when I was back working in a corporate world, there was a lot of people that felt like there needed to be this division between home and work life. And yeah. we don't talk about the home stuff, which we realize is you're you're missing out on opportunities to really help people. And I know you're very big on Having those open conversations, really creating space for people, and I'd love to know more about your philosophy there and how that's helped the company, not mm-hmm. just you know the people.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so, well, my philosophy is we are teaching life skills and hard skills here. Mm. This is very much a master's or PhD program, depending on what you want to get out of it and and how hard you work. It's a culture based on meritocracy and belonging. And the bottom line is I couldn't imagine being here and only talking to someone about their work. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into someone just getting here every single day, whether or not you are a millennial, you're just graduated from college, you are a mom of two, you are a expecting father, you are... Yeah. Uh, dealing with parents that are ill. I mean, let's this is called life on life's terms. Yeah, and tough
0: relationships, boyfriends, yeah. friends, Oh, I got it. Is. I got it all. So yeah.
1: while I'm not a I'm I'm not a therapist I'm not a professional like that. You know, you see how I set the room up. It's very <laughs> it looks
0: almost a, like a therapist. Yeah, so
1: it's very nowhere much, to lay down, but there's yeah, yeah, nowhere to lay down, but it's very chill, it's yeah. very it's very peaceful, and it's really what happens in here stays in here. Yeah. I'm here and Gary's here and and really all of our leaders are here to promote people in the best way we can and to help them be their best self. And Mm -hmm. and that's, and that is what a guide and a coach does. And I really believe that the role of HR is moving towards that of being much more of a coach. At least that's my hope. And that's what we're doing here. So I changed the department name immediately to people and experience
0: Okay.
1: So we don't even call ourselves HR. We call ourselves people and experience team because let's be honest, that's what we're dealing with, right? People yeah. yep. and their experience. And their experience starts when they send their application in. Mm-hmm. And their experience starts on their first day when every single person that joins is is in a 4-day orientation. No matter if you're a C-suite or you're a junior copywriter, you're yeah. sitting next to each other for 4 days. Mm-hmm. And we're in charge of that, of your experience here. I mean, we're not, let me rephrase, we're not in charge of your experience, but we're here to absolutely guide you and provide and serve you in the best way we can uh, without holding your hand. I mean, there's so much autonomy at this company and so much not micromanaging because we're people first. And we believe that people have the right to their own self-awareness. We want to promote them in the best way we can, and that is my, making sure that they are getting training and development. That is making sure that we have a diverse floor, diversity of every shape, size, and uh, curiosity, and seen and unseen handicap. Yeah, It's making sure that our salaries are on par with the market. It's making sure that while London and LA and their other geographies out there, Singapore we just opened, have our same DNA, if you will. We're all mm-hmm. drinking the same water, and yep. they... Have full reign to create whatever it is they want to create, and not replicate this, yeah in New York,
0: yeah. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. I'm so glad you brought that up. I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but I've talked a lot on the podcast about employee experience, and I'm I'm big on that. I heard a a quote a long time back that stuck with me, which is that your customer's experience will never exceed that of your employee's experience. Mm. If you don't treat your employees well and give them good experience, they won't treat your customers well. And let's be honest, it's 2019. They have tons of options. If they have skills, they can go anywhere if they're not having a great experience.
1: Yeah, it is absolutely wild that, There is so much choice now. Mm -hmm. And so when I have conversations or my team is having conversations with people that are really just kind of poo-pooing the experience here, it's really like you have a choice. You can be here. You certainly don't have to be here. But if you are here, these are the things we need to see from you. Mm -hmm. And that's going to strengthen you and your character and your skill set anyway. So, you know, why not come along for the ride? Yeah.
0: We've mentioned Empathy a couple times, and Mm -hmm. uh, I know that Empathy is big for for Gary, your boss. He even started a new line of wines called Empathy Wine. I just ordered a case last week, actually. It's on its way. I can't wait to try it.
1: Which one? Uh,
0: With the red. I was waiting because, you know, when he started, it was was white, red, and rosé, and I didn't really want the white or the rosé. So I was waiting for him to go red. I knew he would listen to his customers.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I knew the customers would speak up and that um, they wanted red, which is what I wanted. So... Yeah, I ordered a case last week. I also signed up for uh, for Wine Text and just ordered some more of that today, oh too. So
1: it's, I'm, like, addicted to it. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit out of control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, while I was on my way here in a lift, I got the text for, I think, some Chianti, and I watched one of Gary's videos on Chianti. Instagram. Yeah. yeah, and I just ordered six bottles of it. So this, this could... this I could get in trouble with this. You're
1: going to get in trouble. I've already... Got, I, I'm putting wine in, like, cabinets that shouldn't have wine in them
0: now. <laughs> but this speaks to what he does and what you do with a company like this right and how proficient the company is with digital marketing and social media that i'm in a car ordering wine i don't need because i saw a video that gary did on yeah. instagram and actually going back to empathy and personal connection he's the king of that which i i don't i don't see anyone else doing this 5 million followers reaching out to people personally and on Sunday, I'm on his text yeah. community, and yeah. he sent a text out to people in Florida about signing up for Wine Text, and said, "Write him back." And I signed up, and I wrote him back. I wrote him a text and said, "I signed up, and I also bought a case of empathy wine." And he sent me a three-second audio message saying, "Thanks, Andy. You're the bleeping best."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: I Absolutely. loved him over the moon. I was already a fan. I'm a super fan now. Yeah,
1: I believe it. It is. Gary is so high-touch, which is amazing, and thus I'm high-touch. And that, I believe, is our winning formula here, which is spending time with people and listening to people and holding space for people. And in turn, we really believe that that has a knock-on effect not only with our clients, Mm -hmm. but then with the consumer. We want to spend time with them. And you're a consumer of the wine. Yeah. He's spending time with you.
0: Well, and someone else from the company called me last week to talk to me about the wine and he doesn't get commission i asked him yeah you no know, i was ordering it online how do i get you credit for this yeah. he said oh i don't get yeah. credit we're just reaching out to our customers
1: mm-hmm. i couldn't believe it it's so awesome i lo- I, I love working here yeah it's I amazing do. i do
0: so we're talking about customers and we talk about creating this culture of empathy part of empathy a big part of empathy is understanding others and understanding where they're coming from and i think part of your ability to express empathy is having self-awareness as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned self-awareness as well. I know that's big for you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I actually don't believe it's possible to know what empathy tastes like or feels like Mm. or compassion for that matter if you're not self-aware, if you're not aware of what's up with yourself and where your hiccups are and And where your strengths are and what are the things you want to improve and where are your intentions? I I just think that that's that's human nature. We must know thyself, really, Mm. to be truly able to sit with another. And it's it's really, it's a culture of belonging and bravery that we're building here. Empathy is a part of that. Mm. Connection is a part of that. Psychological and physical safety is a part of that. Diversity and inclusivity is a part of that. But the the culture that we're building is one of belonging. Hmm. And I've just started to say bravery. Because I think that you have to be effing brave to show up.
0: Yeah. Totally. Especially in in tough situations, right? I mean, I've studied a lot. I've studied fear and courage. And a lot of people think that you have to be fearless. And courage and bravery is not the absence of fear. It's it's looking at that fear and say, yeah, I'm scared of this situation. I'm going to go try to... I'm going to have that conversation.
1: Walking... Yeah, just walking through it. But being honest with yourself that you are shaking in your boots yeah but the, one of the insights that i just got the other day is there are tons of scary things and there are tons of things that we have fear around we don't have to be scared doing them though
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know we yeah. can just own well, the most about. of the fear
0: is always in the lead up to the yeah. act once yeah. you get there i don't know if you've been skydiving i went yeah. skydiving yeah. earlier this year for oh the first God. time no it was amazing and uh, Will Smith has a fantastic video about sky, the first time he went skydiving, and he talks about how all you're terrified up until the moment you jump out of the plane and the fear goes away. Mm-hmm. And then he uses it as a metaphor to talk about how we're always scared of things that are actually not a real threat mm-hmm. until we get in that situation, and then it's fine. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I have
1: to go skydiving. It's definitely a bucket list, and I'm yeah. afraid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's reasonable to be afraid, but I was... You know, I know the position you're in and this company and Gary are all famous to me. I was nervous coming here today, but now that we're here having this conversation...
1: Oh, my God. Easy. Yeah, what you see is what you get. Not right. certainly with me, and that's for sure, but also with Gary. I, mean, yeah. it is, I wouldn't be able to work for someone else at this point because I'm so used to and comfortable with the real human being. Yeah. And I always like to mention that there's a difference between Gary the man and Gary V the brand. Sure, And while the brand is a man, I work for Gary Vaynerchuk. And it's amazing. I learn something every day. No doubt.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Talent Development Hot Seat and listening to part one of my interview with Claude Silver. She is amazing. And I hope that you learned a lot from this. And uh, I will have part two of the interview coming to you soon. uh, So stay tuned. In the meantime, I would love for you to subscribe, uh, to share the podcast with your colleagues and friends. That is how it's been growing. And uh, I've had people in talent development at big companies tell me how they are sharing it across the organization, uh, using it to onboard people, They've been bringing me in to do some talks and things from it now. It's just amazing what is happening from this. And of course, you may have heard we're also uh, hosting a conference later this year called the Talent Development Think Tank on November 6th and 7th. and may be coming very soon, depending on when you're listening to this, or maybe already over. <laughs> uh, if it is, sorry, we'll be doing it again in 2020. So check back and go get your tickets, talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. All right, stay tuned for part two coming very soon. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. slash community, and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you got value out of this show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your colleagues and friends. We want to spread the word and add as much value to the talent development community as possible, and we need your help. As always, you can find more information and connect with me at talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Take care.